you can say, hey, you know, I like more cherry or I like more oak. So we should definitely d- dive uh, okay. into that. But it's it's an awesome app to, to have. Um, and it's funny, like even at restaurants, like we, we went out to dinner last night and got a bottle of wine and Adrian, my, my wife was sitting there like typing in all the vintages and like the names of the wine to try yeah. to figure out what was the best wine. And she's like, a 4.2, I'm gonna stop. Like, it's a good one. Like, we're, we'll just go for it. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, imagine if we could get alcohol delivery back in college. That was me, man. I was the alcohol delivery service, but I was broke and I only bought Natty or Coors. So Respect. you'd get it. <laughs> you wouldn't have to pay a service fee, but you'd have to drink basically glorified water or maybe it's worse than water. Today's show, we're talking about Bright Cellars, a wine subscription service. Yeah. So as Jeff mentioned, Bright Cellars is a wine subscription service. It offers a monthly, bi-monthly, and quarterly subscription service. Bright Cellars, one of their differentiators is they have an onboarding quiz to really help try and match you with the wines that they think that you'll like the most. So um, my wife and I just actually got a one-month six-bottle subscription from a friend. Awesome gift. So really cool that, you know, it's giftable. I I love that idea of being able to gift people as as just, you know, from a business perspective, you know, to get people to try out new wines and also try out your company. But um, when I went through this process, the sign up was really easy. You know, you put in your address and then you take a a wine quiz. And I actually really liked this wine quiz because it was it wasn't overly complicated and it wasn't, you know, pretentious at all. It was just asking you really basic questions. So the questions were like, hey, like what's your preference for chocolate? You know, do you like dark chocolate? Mm-hmm. Do you like milk chocolate? Or do you not like chocolate at all? Um, do you drink tea or like never tea? Or do you drink coffee or or do you drink coffee with like milk and coffee? And all these like things that were super easy. Mm. Like, do you like to pair it with wine? Um, I actually thought it was super enjoyable and it was uh, a really well-designed survey as well because it had like nice pictures and, you know, both on desktop and mobile because I wanted to try yeah. out both of those experiences and it was pretty delightful. Um, but after you take that quiz, prepare your subscription. So they ship you then six bottles of wine or however many bottles of wine that you've ordered for that month and you get your delivery and it comes with an awesome little guide. So I'm actually holding some of these in my hand and these describe each specific wine with like oh, cool. a deep dive into it. So you know, we did a mix of red wines and white wines. So, you know, they've all been good. We've had a Cabernet and we've also had a Pinot as well. So like just reading off, like they have like little diagrams for like this white wine for this Petit Syrah. You know, it says, you know, full bodied and richly flavored. It's from 2018 and it has hints of blackberry jam and ripe plum on the palate with aromas of baking spice and vanilla on the nose. So it was really interesting mm. when my wife and I sat down to drink this wine because we could taste everything. You know, we, we were like, mm, oh, nice. like, oh, it's cool. It's like, I can actually taste the blackberry. And it was super helpful to kind of, you know, by no means am I like a wine connoisseur or expert. I just like what would taste good. And yeah. that's the advice that I've gotten as well for this. <laughs> but it, it was really cool to kind of help coach you and you can mark the ones that you like and kind of refine you know, which wines you'll get in the future. So I actually really liked it. And it, they're fun little cards that you can have and you can look at, you know, when you're having your your wine night. It also, you know, tells you the alcohol percentage, the profile, if it's full bodied. 
Uh, and also what temperature you should serve it at, which I thought was interesting. Like I had mm-hmm. always thought that, you know, white wine should always be in the fridge and red wine shouldn't necessarily be, but some of the red wines are actually, Hey, like you should actually cool it to 45 or 55 degrees, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting. And that shows maybe how much of a noob that I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, the last thing I'll say about their little cards that are interesting is that they, uh, they have little pairing suggestions. So you could, Hey, like, you know, pick a Gruyere or Pecorino cheese with this one or a roast or a spiced pork loin. And it's for upscale dinner parties, which I thought was funny. And um, some of the other like, sib- like uh, you know, suggestions for pairings is visiting with your siblings or dinner at a friend's house, upscale hors d'oeuvres hour or bachelorette party weekends. So, you know, fun, like little fun things, but they're, you know, super, you know, cool cards. And Jeff, I'll hold them up so you can see them. You know, obviously our, our audience oh, can't. Oh, cool. But they're, like, they're actually really nice. Yeah. yeah. Really well designed. Um, so yeah. pretty cool. So. That was probably my favorite feature about <laughs> Bright Sellers is, you know, getting these really cool cards. So kudos to the, the team for for that out-of-boxing experience. And um, there's even, you know, other stuff as well, like how to use a corkscrew and how to store your wine. But we don't have to go into those details here. But the last cool product feature that I really liked about Bright Sellers as well was their quote-unquote delight guarantee. So if you don't love a bottle, Bright Sellers will send you a replacement. And so I oh. honestly have liked every single bottle of wine, the two out of six so far. So I haven't had to go that, for, that far yet. But honestly, it's nice to know that guarantee, especially, you know, being a subscription service where you're just getting essentially random bottles of wine that you don't get to pick that Bright Sellers picks for you. Mm-hmm. It's nice to ha- nice to know that you can do that. So, Jeff, I'll ask you a question. Have you ever had a wine subscription or food subscription service before that that you've used? Yeah, I've definitely done food subscriptions. I've done all the the meal prep, the Blue Aprons, and you know the other services that are out there. Um, HelloFresh, I think, is a, the other big one. I've done those before, and they felt like pretty good. But you know, I can get this stuff at my grocery store, or like you know, we talked about on the show before how much we both like to cook. So. That to me like wasn't that big of a value, but I can definitely see where something like wine where I'm less familiar or less of an expert in, just having that little bit of guidance is super helpful. When I have personally drank wine in the past, I'm like, it just tastes like wine. You know, I don't really get like the, you know, I'm not, don't get too deep into it, but I think it's hard because I don't know what to look for. We live near Napa. Um, we've done wine tasting tours in Napa. They kind of tell you what to look out for. And I'm like, mm, still kind of tastes like wine. So it's hard <laughs> to kind of like in one sitting or session to really like start to build the palette or understand all this stuff. So it's really cool that they, one, like pair match what your interests are with the particular wines. And two, like gave you these little cards about what you should expect out of the wine. So you can kind of like keep a nose or a palate out for them. So I think that's that's really neat. When I've gone and purchased wines, do you guys have a Total Wine or a Bevmo over in the East Coast? We have like big wine stores. I think in at least in New York State, I think that you can actually own like more than like one or two liquor stores. So they, they oh. really want to try to like, I guess maybe demonopolize the, mar- the market, which is interesting. And maybe it's just like in New York State, which is funny as like an anecdote because our biggest grocer here uh, is Wegmans, um, which is mm-hmm. very big in the Northeast, and the Wegmans family actually owns a bunch of different liquor stores and so they're able to get bulk pricing from Wegmans mm. because they're all like under like each li- like like store license from my understanding is underneath like a different uh sibling or a different family member uh, yeah. so like oh. it's, it's basically like the like because like next to every single Wegmans store there's like like Lisa's liquor barn or like you know like someone else's that's so like, funny yeah so it's essentially getting around it but I, I thought it was yeah. interesting Huh. That's that's really funny. Well, basically, when you go into like a Total Wine or Bevmo, each alcohol, beer, wine, liquor, etc., um, they have these little tags under them, and they're like, "This is a 95, and this is a 98," or like, 
you know, my wife and I will like take a bottle and Google it from all the different wine rating sites and be like, what do people think about it? Did this win any awards? But honestly, that, I mean, that's like a kind of like simmer down version to kind of select wine and just look at one aggregate number. But it doesn't really like it doesn't really customize itself to the taste of the person, which is super important when it comes to wine because it's so subjective. People like two buck chucks and people like really expensive wines and it's kind of all over the spectrum. So yeah, I would really like to try something like this because I, you know, personally tried to get into wine before, but it's really hard because my method of trying wine is like pick something off the shelf with a high score, take it home, like it or love it. And then you kind of forget about why you liked it or loved it and then like kind of moved on. I never really thought about like, oh, I like this wine. I'll buy it again. And like, remember the name. It's really rare that that happens. So <laughs> totally. It's the same here. It's like, because I feel like the only way like marketing at the wine store is really interesting. The wine store, but like liquor store, like wherever mm-hmm. you get your wine is interesting because it's just like a bunch of labels. And honestly, like the flashier the label is, like the more I'm drawn yeah. to it. Um, yeah. And I'll, we should actually talk about this product and analyze this product once. But have you ever used Vivino before? Mm-mm. So Vivino is like one of my favorite apps. It's basically a wine scanning app. So you have Mm -hmm. it on your phone and you can uh, scan a bottle by just like taking a snapshot of it. And then it uploads that to the cloud. And then it determines like what wine that is and what vintage it is. And then it's all, it it generates like user generated scores out of five. So Mm -hmm. my rule of thumb is like if if I scan the bottle at at the grocery store, wherever I'm finding a bottle of wine and it's above four stars, like it's going to be a great bottle of wine (laughs) Mm. because I've like, optimize my taste like you, it has like very similar like features there where you can say hey you know i like more cherry or i like more oak so we should definitely d- uh, dive okay. into that but it's it's an awesome app to to have um and it's funny like even at restaurants like we we went out to dinner last night and got a bottle of wine and adrian my, my wife was sitting there like typing in all the vintages and like the names of the wine to try yeah. to figure out what was the best wine and she's like a 4.2 i'm gonna stop like it's a good one like we'll just go for it so i'm gonna look through the whole list yeah <laughs> No, exactly. And so, you know, switching back to Bright Sellers, like one of the features that was interesting that I think is smart from Bright Sellers uh, perspective, because I actually used to subscribe to a different competitor, which we'll get to later called Wink. And we we stopped because we did we moved apartments and we just like didn't want to, you know, we almost had too much wine. So we just wanted to pause it. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up it was just like not for us like it like we weren't getting the wines wasn't custom enough but one of the things that bright sellers does for membership retention is they actually have member rewards so if so every time so every time that you order a box of wine from bright sellers you actually get you know x amount of points and you can Mm -hmm. those points can become like a t-shirt from like bright sellers all the way to like a free free month subscription so it's kind of Mm -hmm. like a you know, a nice incentive that's gamified to, you know, keep you coming back. So we'll see if that helps me become a sticky customer because this is yeah. only like my, I'm only two bottles of wine in. Um, <laughs> but it was really interesting that this that episode that. or? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As you can tell by my lack of coherence. Slurring. Yeah. My slurring. Exactly. Jeff and I are recording this on a Saturday. So I guess it's, I guess it's fair. <laughs> um, Always fair game. Totally. Well, to talk about the business model just really quickly, um, it's a subscription model. So what, Bright Sellers is trying to do is get the recurring revenue from as many customers as possible. You know, wine has really good margins. The industry average for a bottle of wine is anywhere from 30 to 50%. So for your $100 monthly subscription, you know, that's 30 to $50 that could be going to Bright Sellers. I think the key for them is just going to, you know, make sure that you keep coming back, which is why I think they're, you know, they have membership rewards as well as just the customization and the cards and that whole experience has to be really crisp because, 
all of the wine that Bright Cellars is selling is actually private label wine where it's like mm-hmm. made specifically for Bright Cellars. So you can't mm-hmm. you can't go to the store and you can't pick up like Bright Cellars wine, at least like not that I'm aware of. So they're definitely they might be making closer to the 50% margin, but it's hard for me to actually gauge. Do they do the opposite? Can you get like well-known wines through Bright Cellar? I don't know. I know that they have like options for like super premium. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if you're into that, I, we haven't gotten to that. Um, mostly because I th- I, I'm like you where I just want to, <laughs> you know, more bang for the buck, you know, I just want it to taste yeah, good. Find or, something good. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the reason why I ask is because a few episodes ago we did something on Stitch Fix and I kind of mentioned that Stitch Fix has their kind of like in-house brands mostly to like, you know, bump up the margins, but they did also offer some partnership brands with other people. I think like Adidas and stuff like that, which I'm sure they make less money on. Take a haircut every time you kind of pass the product. But yeah, in this case, I was just kind of curious, like, do they offer insert your favorite wine here? And does that if you're somebody that like, I like this one type of wine, but I can only get it at the store. Bright sellers maybe might not be a right product for you because you can't get it there. But to your point, that's probably not the target demographic anyways, because this is probably for people that like, you know, want help getting better at understanding the palate behind wine and picking wines and stuff like that, understanding what they like. And then they might graduate from Bright Sellers onto something that they pick from the grocery store. Totally. And it's it's interesting too, with like the whole wine industry, because I feel like you see a lot of, especially as of late, a lot of celebrities getting into the space. And maybe yeah. just like celebrities getting into alcohol, like as a whole, like you have like, you know, The Rock has his tequila brand or yeah. um, Ryan Reynolds the aviation. has, yeah, yeah, Ryan Reynolds with aviation. And even Dave Matthews has Dreaming Tree wine. And oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's, um, that though is like in college, like I know Adrian, my wife was a huge uh, Dave Matthews fan and she like started drinking that wine because of like, you know, because of that. So I think there's a lot of value there for like having those big brands at least in the grocery store because like you know what we were talking about earlier where it's like if you're looking at all these wines you have no idea what to pick it's like massive amount of selection like if you have that you know brand recognition that oh you know the rock made this you know i'm definitely gonna drink this or it's it's from somewhere else like i think that definitely helps catch your eye yeah there's one wine that's really funny so um yeah my wife and all of our college friends we're in the bay area they went to college here and E40 is like a really big deal. He's you know, a rapper in the Bay Area. And if you've heard him in a song, you know who he is. He's got a very unique <laughs> rapping style. Um, but he has this wine um, called Earl Stevens. And, you know, they it got brought to a party one time. And they're like, why does Earl Stevens sound familiar? Sound familiar? And they realized it was E40. It's like, oh, they're really excited because it's an E40 wine. They drank it. It was terrible. <laughs> it was like the worst <laughs> wine. And they don't even know anything about wine. So if they can tell you that it's bad... Um, it's definitely not a, a quality wine. So sorry for the anti shout out E40. <laughs> uh, if you do sponsor us, we might revise this episode. But yeah, for the time being, anecdotally, I've heard your wine is pretty bad. Let's talk about the brief history of the product. So Bright Sellers was founded in Milwaukee in 2014 by Richard Yao and Joe Lorendi. Both of them graduated from MIT. And as you know, typical intelligent people from MIT, they realized that there was a market for this sort of like wine subscription and recommendation business. They realized how little they knew about wine, despite being quote unquote beer and cocktail connoisseurs. I kind of laugh because I bet, Mike, when you and I graduated from college, we'd probably call ourselves beer and cocktail connoisseurs. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I can tell you exactly which flavor of <laughs> of uh, Natty you should get um, and tell you where all the specials are. And um, it's going to be nat- natural ice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. What flavor of Smirnoff should I get? Limited edition summer 2012. Um, so anyways, they what they did 
did a little differently was they kind of developed this algorithm for like Mike had mentioned based on the survey for recommending wines to different people. And it sounds like it's working pretty well, right, Mike? So you, you know, you took that survey. It seems like all the wines you've drank so far are pretty good. Nothing has been a complete miss. That's really important. I mean, I think when these businesses think about customization at scale, it's really hard to find the trend line, like the Mm -hmm. one size fits all, like, you know, is there a direct correlation between liking chocolate and these types of wines or, you know, the combinations of liking chocolate plus maybe liking, I don't know, tobacco, the flavor of tobacco and, and certain types of wines. So like all that kind of stuff kind of boils up into this algorithm and maybe it gets better over time as more and more people use the platform. So I'm curious about if they had a cold start problem, mm, you know, yeah. when you don't have data at the very beginning, like who do you ask, right? And how do you get that data? There's no like, before Bright Sellers, I doubt there's like this like pair match, like what do you like to wine database available somewhere? Uh, but you know, it sounds like they, they developed this algorithm and over time, like it's only optimized it. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It's only going to get better. Right. So they optimize it. And I, I'm curious, I'm sure that a lot of these other wine companies do something similar where they probably have some sort of algorithm and they ask you a couple questions and match you to the couple wines that they think are best for you. So all of those algorithms are proprietary. It sounds like Bright Seller is doing at least a good job from, from your perspective. Right, Mike? For sure. I uh, have liked everything that I've drank so far. And um, I think like what I said like earlier is like, it seems that they've taken a lot of like the quote unquote, like pretentiousness out of it. It's just like, what do you like? You know, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it, and I, I appreciate that simplification, but it's, it's in, it is interesting to think of like where they started. Like that would be a fun, like, you know, to maybe interview the, the co-founders and just talk through the cold start problem. Cause likely it was probably, I'm just guessing here. Yeah. I have no idea. Likely it was just them in a garage tasting wine and being like, you know, what do you like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's build <laughs> this out. Yeah, exactly. They're just doing like the, the simple trend lines on an Excel sheet from like their survey results or whatever. So in 2021, they raised 11 million in Series B. So roughly they've raised 20 million altogether. That being said, that seems to be like pretty early on and sort of like the the funding scale of most startups. So relatively you know newish company. My guess is that they probably did pretty well during 2020 and 2021 during COVID lockdowns when people are trying new hobbies like hey, maybe I should get into wine or maybe I should adopt a dog or maybe I should try this Dalgona coffee trend. So, um, you know, I think a lot of this probably has to do with a lot of that growth. But, you know, all in all, I think that wine subscriptions are here to stay. And there's definitely a lot of competitors that we'll talk about here in a moment. For sure. And, you know, just talking about, you know, who Bright Sellers is for and, you know, as, as you did mention, you know, in with the lockdowns, people definitely did drink a lot more. Some Some fun facts on wine. In 2020, Americans drank over 1 billion gallons of wine, according to the Wine Institute. That's Jeez. about 3.09 gallons per resident. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of wine. It's a it's, it's decent, decent amount. And it's actually the most... And that's... Wait, so did you uh, crunch those numbers off like... So in US, so 300 million. Did you crunch that off the 300 million number? Oh, that's a good point. I, I, I'm just looking at the Wine Institute, but it looks oh. like... It looks like they are. So that's actually probably way more if you take away yeah, yeah. everyone people below that can't 21. drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. probably like you'd probably like, yeah, move the fudge factor up a little bit. So probably more around the five or six gallons per person of drinking age at least. That's that's really funny to think. And I was going through because like the Wine Institute has like data on, you know, the previous like I think like seventy to eighty years that they've been tracking this. And yeah. this was actually the peak. This was peak wine. Twenty twenty was peak wine. Like gallons per resident is the most amount per resident that the U.S. has ever recorded. The this next highest peak 
was back in the 1980s when it was about 2.4 gallons per person. It like mm. tapered down in like the 70s to like 1.7. And even in the 90s, it was like 1.7 gallons per, per person. So really interesting that it's like cyclical where and you know it, it, the, the earliest data that they show here is like 1930s i'm looking at it and it was like obviously it was prohibition but it was like 0.9 gallons they were one gallon of wine even in the 40s so it's even really nine gallons during prohibition seems pretty high i wonder what caused the 1980s peak like was there some like wine re- renaissance that like happened or something one thing that i do know that happened but i don't know the time scale is that Napa Valley became basically a wine mecca Mm. Um, before, you know, basically all the wines were imported, right? It was always, you know, Italian wines, French wines, European wines, etc. And then people started growing grapes because it was, you know, good climate in Napa Valley. And then they started making their own wines. And what happened was they started to win blind taste tests. And people realized that Napa Valley wines were competing with these historical, you know, European wines. And that's kind of like the story of how Napa Valley came to be. Now it's obviously a big booming industry and a ton of people are buying land and, you know, spinning up vineyards in Napa Valley. But I'm, I'm curious, like, did that happen in the 80s or did that happen, you know, kind of after? Yeah, it's it's really interesting to think through, too. And, like, I would also love to see, like, to- like wine consumption as a total, like, wine consumption's share of total alcohol sales. You know, I'm curious to see if, like, the entire mm-hmm. market was growing, if, like, you know, it says, like, are Americans becoming more and more heavier drinkers or is it yeah. just like wine specifically because like maybe beer sales are, are down it's actually really hard to tell so i'm really curious and you know to, to double click more into like the three gallons per person i just did a quick google search so a bottle of wine or a gallon of wine is about five bottles that means that each person is drinking 15 bottles of <laughs> wine which to your point jeff it's like definitely way higher if we're actually considering everyone that's above 21 <laughs> so it's a uh, that's a lot of wine. Uh, okay, so here's an interesting stat. So I just kind of Googled when did Napa Valley become wine country. From 1976 to the present, Napa County wine industry has grown exponentially. In 1975, it was home to 45 wineries. And in 1980, there were over 100 wineries. So I think that kind of explosion hmm. of you know local US-based domestic wine really kind of opened the doors for people to be able to get access to wine a lot easier and cheaper than before. So that's my guess. Like if I had to kind of read between the lines, uh, I think that that's probably a, a large contributor to that that peak in 1980. For sure. You can call it your PM spidey sense. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> that's what I usually call it. <laughs> it's really interesting because looking at the numbers for like what you said, it's like in 1975, it was like 1.6 gallons. And in by 1980, it was 2.2 gallons. So you definitely did see like that, like yeah, that spike. bump there. Cool. And, and like the, the last stat here is just looking at the total like market segment for how much Americans spend on, you know, because it's like, I, I think Bright Sellers is operating at the intersection of online meal delivery and also wine drinking. So if you just look at just like how much is spent on online meal delivery kit services, it was way more than I thought. It's about $8 billion in the US last year. But globally, that was $24 billion, which was like which was crazy surprising to me because I would expect that only Americans are looking for online meal delivery kits because, you know, we're super lazy. <laughs> so <laughs> it was surprising to see that group, that, that group out there. But um, yeah, I, I would say people that, you know, who Bright Sellers is going for, they seem to really be really positioned for people that just want good wine and they don't really want to think about it. You know, they just want that. I, like, I really love like their positioning statement they have on their Instagram. It says, we're the data-driven wine subscription service experience that knows your wine preferences better than you do. So I thought that I, I really like that. And so it, it definitely seems that they're going after like a huge market here. Those are fighting words. Better than I do. <laughs> exactly. Better than you do, Jack. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, in terms of competitors, there's no lack of other wine subscription companies. First Leaf, Mike mentioned Wink. Uh, there's Thrive Market. There's Wine of the Month Club. There's a company called The Sip. There's a bunch of other ones that I didn't mention. I want to also kind of call out that Blue Apron, I think, offers wine um, pairings as well. So I think that's really smart. In fact, they already have this kind of ecosystem, this distribution system of shipping food to people. Why not just kind of include wine as part of the pairing and maybe even bump up the subscription to be able to give you wine? I think that's definitely a good expansion of their current existing business model. Have you tried any of those competitors or done any? I guess you haven't done a wine subscription before. Yeah, I haven't done a wine subscription. I just, uh, I kind of mosey into one of those <laughs> Bevmos or, uh, <laughs> or Total Wine Clubs and just kind of pick something. Or sometimes I go to Costco. Whenever I have friends doing wine nights, we'll show up and we'll try to bring something that hopefully, you know, I kind of feel that imposter syndrome. I'm like, I don't really know anything about wines, but I brought something that's quarter 98. So <laughs> hopefully it's good. And just kind of hope that people don't, you know, stick their nose up at me or whatever. Right. It's like, here comes Jeff with his goddamn, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that little like piece of paper that is goes over the wine with like the 98 yeah. on it. Yeah. But I feel like the points are like, whose line is it anyway? Where like, you, like no one has any idea what those points mean. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like, Cool. Just we, to we, wait for you to buy. Totally, totally. Well, we can talk about our thoughts of Bright Sellers. I'm more than happy to start. So I'm going to say this is pretty high for me. I would say like 4.4 for me. Uh, I think nice. where this where I take points off is I just it's just an unknown yet of how long I'm going to stick with it. Like I'm definitely mm -hmm. super excited for it. And also, you know, drinking wine for us is like you know, we're eventually going to reach a point of saturation where like we can't drink anymore. Or, like we have too many bottles. So one of my big beefs with uh, my previous wine subscription with Wink was that it was really hard to cancel and then it kind of felt deceptive where I would like mm. keep pushing out the subscription and then, you know, yeah. they obviously didn't want to lose me as a customer. So they're like, oh, like, we'll pause you. Please don't cancel. Like, just wait for three months and then I would forget and then we get another bottle of wine and then I just had so much wine on the hand that it was just kind of frustrating. So mm. I think, you know, as I start to, you know, level off my, my wine drinking, like we'll truly see if I you know, stick with bright sellers. And yeah. if that, you know, pause experience is delightful, I could see myself keeping that score. But if it isn't delightful, I could definitely see myself dropping that score from 4.4 down to, you know, you know, further on. But so far, like, you know, two out of two wines that I've drank so far, it's not a big sample size have been really good and yeah. we've really liked. So I'm, I'm really excited to try the others. But I think what also really makes me feel happy to have this bright seller subscription is also getting these cards like it's it's really nice to just like sit down and like think and just pause and you know for someone to put in the thoughts of you know looking at these wines and telling you and how to improve them like you can even like there's a qr code on these where you can scan and uh rate this wine and you can improve your mm. future matches so they're always like looking to oh, cool. improve and you know just kind of make this simple and i i really really like that is there an easy way to reorder wines that you've liked it's a good question. That's future Mike's problem. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there soon, hopefully. Yeah, happy to give my thoughts. Um, take my thoughts with a grain of salt. I haven't personally used wine or any wine subscription service or specifically Bright Sellers. Overall, I think it's a great idea. You know, driving recommendations using algorithms that get better over time and providing something that a lot of people have a hard time getting, which is understanding the wine ecosystem or becoming, you know, mini connoisseurs of, of wine, I think is a, you know, great offering. 
my biggest issue is that there seems to be so many competitors in the space and it's really hard for me to know what the differentiator is of bright sellers versus mm-hmm. some of these other companies is it the algorithm that's driving it maybe they have the best algorithm and that that to me is a very strong moat comparatively to the the rest of the competition but i don't know because i haven't done much investigation into first leaf and wink and thrive market etc to know what their algorithms are like or if they even have any way to kind of predict or recommend wines confidently so to me, I, I think I'm going to give it a 4.0. If I, you know, had better data or insight into how much better Bright Sellers is performing compared to these other competitors, I would probably bump it up to like a 4.2. Um, for now, I think it's a 4.0. I'm really interested in trying it. Um, so maybe I'll I'll jump on the same bandwagon and take one of your referral codes <laughs> for, for Bright <laughs> Sellers in the future. No, exactly. I love giving free referral codes because hopefully I get a kickback too. But we'll yeah. we'll take that one um, after the show. But uh, cool. Those are our thoughts on Bright Sellers. We, you know, we always love to hear from our audience. So please continue to reach out to us. You know, leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. But also like reach out to us, you know, slide into our DMs on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Products Podcast. That's P-R-O-D. EX podcast. Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.